Hi, I'm Michael Pinter. Welcome to the How to Flip New York podcast, where we teach you how to start or grow a wholesaling or flipping business in New York. If you're getting any value from this podcast, please leave us a review because that helps us out greatly. So the question is, is a real estate attorney required in New York? So the, the, the quick answer is yes, but um, there are a lot. It's a complicated answer. So first of all, it's, it's important to understand that this is one of the things that nobody speaks about on the internet, right? There's a million gurus teaching how to flip houses, how to wholesale houses. Um, but I would say none, except for me, know how to do it in the state of New York. And the, one of the main reasons, and it leads to a lot of other things, is that a real estate attorney is required, not just for you as the buyer, but most importantly for the seller. So what happens a lot, and when I speak to people in other states, they just don't believe it, is that I have a, and I'm looking at it right now, I have two, four, I have seven, Sorry, I have seven um, properties right now where the seller has said yes to me, but I don't have a contract yet because after a seller says yes, they need to get their attorney to generate the contract, to actually create the contract and send it to your attorney. So in 49 states, a real estate transaction takes place between a buyer and a seller. A buyer wants to buy a property. He goes to a seller and says, hey, I'd like to buy your house. Would you sell it to me for $200,000? Seller said yes. The seller can literally whip out a contract, write it. In, I'm going to pay this $200,000 you, give it to the seller, seller signs, and now you're in contract. In New York, the real estate transaction takes place between a seller's attorney and a buyer's attorney. So a seller says yes, says I, I make an offer, I say I'll pay $300,000 for your house. And um, the what happens next is the sellers, sellers has to get an attorney, and everybody asks, what if they don't have an attorney? 99% of people have an attorney. If they don't have an attorney, I can recommend an attorney. And then... Um, that attorney sends a contract to my attorney and then they negotiate, right? And and and, the, and attorneys get paid several thousand dollars to do this, which it's usually easy work, but because they want to justify their cost, they usually get involved. So a sales attorney will start changing like little um, words and boilerplate language. And in general, my contracts have to be changed because standard contract in New York is not assignable and I want it assignable if I'm going to wholesale it. Um, I don't, a standard EMD, earnest money deposit in New York is 10%. And I don't, you, I don't usually want to give that much. Um, and there's nothing about showing it. And sometimes I want to put something in the rider about showing it. So there's going to be a lot of changes to the contract. And that's how these attorneys justify charging several thousand dollars because there's this back and forth negotiation of each one of them uh, protecting their client. Now, I have said this a few times, but I, I always dreamed of doing deals without an attorney. And I got lucky enough, if you could say that, to do a couple of deals without an attorney where the seller just refused. The seller says, I don't want an attorney. I don't need an attorney. This is a simple transaction. No attorney. So a couple of things have to happen for that to, for that to take place. First of all, my attorney ha prepares a very very strongly worded affidavit that says that the, se that the seller uh, affirms and writes that they are not being represented and that they're fine with that. Now let's understand why. Um, if 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 ninety nine point nine nine percent of the real estate real estate transactions in New York and this is true have an attorney, then if a seller feels he got taken advantage of, for example. Um, and finds out that maybe I assigned the property for a lot more money at the closing, um, they could sue and they'd have a case, right? Even though they signed everything and they're in right, their right mind, every, the truth is that if the transaction doesn't happen in a standard way, a judge could say, you screw these people over. So I make them sign a very, very strongly word, worded affidavit. So that's the easy part. The hard part, and what I didn't realize about it, because I always dreamed of this utopia where there wouldn't be attorneys and things would move quickly like in the other states, was that embedded in the DNA of every transaction, there are certain role, certain duties that a seller's attorney takes care of on a transaction. 
most importantly, is they clear open title issues. So they order a payoff letter if there's a mortgage. If there are liens, they figure out what's going on with them. Um, if, they, if somebody died, they get the death certificates for them. Um, they create a checklist or a list of checks, uh, how the money is dispersed to their clients at the closing. These are things that seller's attorneys do, right? And everybody in the transaction, so a buyer's attorney, a title company, um, any attorney, expect that of the seller's attorney to do. So what happened is I had two deals that really happened right near each other where the sellers refused to get an attorney. And what happened is that all these things fell on me. So uh, they needed a payoff letter. I had to go get a payoff letter. They needed a death certificate because they had inherited the property. I had to go get the death certificates. Um, one In one situation, it was a brother and sister. And they told me in the beginning that they wanted everything split 50-50 between them. I completely forgot that. And I figured, you know, in general, I don't really care because the seller's attorney is going to going to get the money dispersed the way that they want. And then we got to the closing, there was one check and they were all pissed off. So we fixed it. But the point is, these are things that I don't want to do, right? And, and and I'm used to not doing. Now, if you're in other states, right, you have a TC, a transaction coordinator or a title company that's going to take care of these things. But in New York, if there's no sales attorney and you're wholesaling a, pro, a, a deal, it's going to fall on you to take care of that stuff. And I don't like that. So that's the utopia I dreamed about doing deals without an attorney. I did a few and they were not easy and it was a pain in my ass. So in general, yes, you need an attorney. Now, why do you need an attorney? There is really no good reason why you need an attorney. It's just that that's how it's done in the state. Now, you may say, well, I want to do things differently. And I know there's some people upstate who, uh, some people upstate who are uh, sort of doing things with an attorney. And I know this guy near me who sort of bullshits with attorneys. He says, don't worry, use my attorney. And that attorney never even meets the seller. Are there ways to do it around it? I, these things actually scare me, right? I, on some level. I know it's stupid. Maybe it shouldn't scare me. But um, I like to do things the way things are done. So even when I recommend an attorney to a seller, that attorney actually meets with them, discusses with them, talks to them about what's going on, and represents them fully. So that's how it works in New York. Um, it's it, When I tell people who, who do what I do in other states that I leave a seller's appointment, even if they say yes without a signed contract, they can't believe it. They can't believe it. Like, that's how they judge if, a, if an appointment was successful, if they leave with a signed contract. I never leave with a signed contract. To be honest, um, all these things about New York, I guess stemming from the fact that there, there's an attorney, uh, have a lot of good side effects. And, and I'll, I'll get to why I'm saying this in a second. One of the good side effects is there's a really very little competition in New York because most people that are looking and trying to learn how to do this online are getting information from great people, great pe incredibly good people. There's so many good people on the internet. I, I don't even want to start naming them. There's so many, um, but they don't know how to do a deal in New York in a million years. So they come and they start trying to do it in New York and they do things the way things are done in other states and then they and they crash and burn. That happens all the time. So that's one of the reasons why there's just not a lot of competition. So what, what I, I don't even, I usually don't even make an offer when I leave a, a seller's appointment. Um, I'll make an offer like the next day after I really do the math and figure out what can I do here. Um, because also very often I'm going into houses that I can possibly wholesale. So even if I knew what the ARV was when I went in there and did a, and did an estimate of repairs when I'm in there, I still got to figure, you know, maybe there's another way to handle this property. Maybe I'm just not that swift, but I, I need a little time to come up with a with an offer. So I'm always making offers the next day, sometimes after the appointment on the same day. But I don't, I'm, I'm fine with that. And the reason why I'm fine with that, and this is why I was getting to this, is because in New York, there's almost no competition. I would say 60 to 75% of the time, I'm the only person making an offer on a, on a deal. If you talk to people who do this in Phoenix, Dallas, um, Vegas, there's 25 offers being made on a deal. You know, for them, it's 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 trying to get enough of a relationship 
where if they're not the highest price, then, um, you know, the seller feels comfortable with them. That's what they're doing. With us, I'm usually the only one making an offer. And the, re- the reason is because things are so different in New York. It's really like another planet when it comes to the other 49 states. So another really good thing about New York is, as I, is, the, is the converse of this. While it's such a pain in the ass to get into contract, it's impossible for the seller to get out of contract. So in the other 49 states, when I said, you know, it's so easy to just get into contract, you hand them a contract, the seller calls you back two hours later and says, I changed my mind. You're out of luck. You can say whatever you want, but you're not going to buy that house. People go and file memorandums with the county, uh, uh, record the contract, record a memorandum of contract, affidavit of contract, somebody to cloud title, but still, that doesn't get you what you want. It may get you some money later down the line if the guy decides to sell it to somebody else and that title company says you have to clear this up. In New York, once you're in contract, you're never getting out of contract. Um, because A, um, if a buyer wants to buy and a seller doesn't want to sell, they can the buyer can file a list pendants on the property, which is the same as a mortgage foreclosure. So the property is never getting sold to anybody else. And B, you can sue for specific performance for the entire amount. So if I'm trying to buy a property for $300,000, the guy doesn't want to sell it to me, I can sue him for $300,000. And every seller's attorney knows that. So I remember I closed a big wholesale deal. When I first started wholesaling, I had a deal that was like $120,000. And the guy was really an angry guy, the seller. And I was terrified um, because I thought he was going to get to the closing and see me making $120,000 and he was going to flip out. And I talked to my attorney and my attorney said such good, such a good thing to me that I still remember. He said, listen, he may be pissed off, but he's not selling the property to anybody else. He's definitely going to sell it to you. And I, I don't go to closings. I didn't go to this one. So I don't know if he was pissed off, but the truth is, that's the truth in New York. Now, you don't have that uh, freedom in other states because if somebody wants to get out of contract, they're just going to say goodbye and their liability to you is limited. In New York, because it's so hard to get in, it's impossible to get out. So once something's in contract to me, I have no fears whatsoever. The guy's going to change his mind. The guy's going to ask for more money. The guy's going to flip out. I don't care. That money is locked in. When I get a contract for a, for, to buy something and I get a contract to assign something, I'm good, right? If my buyer wants to leave, then I'll keep his deposit and sell and, and assign it to somebody else. But I know that seller is going to sell to me. So that's a huge advantage in New York. So while real estate attorneys do make things slower and more cumbersome, and once in a while you lose a deal because the seller's attorney is a jerk, overall, there are a lot of benefits to it. And should not, they should not be overlooked. There's amazing things about doing business in New York. I love doing business in New York, even though it takes forever. Attorneys are a pain in the ass. Um, there are so many good advantages. We make more money on deals here. Like I said, you can't get out of contract. Almost no competition because it's so different than the 40, other 49 states. So, yes, you do need a real estate attorney in New York, but there are a lot of advantages that come with that. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, Go to howtoflipnewyork.com for more information about the various ways that I can help you. And again, if you can leave a review, uh, that would really help us out.